Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News here on this hump day, May 17th, 2023. Let's get into it. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. We got a lot to talk about today. Susie Evans was on the Game of Roses podcast. She discussed ways in which she thinks the show can improve, one of which being getting rid of everybody trying to cancel you when you do something traumatic on the show. She's saying nobody's sharing their authentic self because nobody wants to deal with the uh, wrath of Bachelor Nation. And she's got a point. So we'll get into that story as our featured story later on. Plus, we've got a clip from Chris Harrison, what he had to say on his podcast regarding attending Colton Underwood's wedding. And also a shout out to my Irish twin sister, Chase. Happy birthday today. All right, so let's get into it. I'm going to share also a buffet of content here from the Almost Famous podcast. They've got a couple clips up regarding some contestants and what they've got going on with their life. But one thing we are busy doing in the Bachelor world is we like to armchair diagnose people, which is not a good thing to do, but we use terms in the wrong way. And we've got uh, head of the uh, uh, the the, uh, ther- the the head therapist, <laughs> I'm, I'm making these terms up, of the UCAN Foundation, Dr. Isabel Morley, who we interviewed a few weeks ago. She discusses the difference between trauma bonding and what is actually happening. And she she talks about trauma bonding versus social bonding. And of course, pretty much everyone who's been a contestant on a reality show has social bonding, but let's hear from her the difference. I want to talk about the difference between trauma bonding and social bonding, which people mix up, but they're very different. And I will do it using reality TV as an example. Social bonding happens when you go through a shared experience together. That can be going to camp together or taking a class with somebody. But social bonding happens most effectively, most efficiently, when the shared experience is one where there is some kind of threat. When you feel like your lives are at risk or something feels scary and dangerous, it brings the group together very fast. Things like hazing do that to people. Trauma bonding is like Stockholm Syndrome. That's when you bond with the person who is abusing you. You end up seeing their side, protecting them, defending them, being loyal to them, and you're bonded to the person who has been abusing you and has been traumatizing you. So for reality TV, we would say that contestants who go through the experience of being on a show together, whether it's good or bad, experience social bonding. They're very close afterwards. They have a shared experience. If it was a really bad one, they might be even closer than people who had a good experience on reality TV. Trauma bonding would be when contestants then bond to the producers who abused them, exploited them, manipulated them. Wow, isn't that nice to know the difference there? Yeah, it's good to c- cover these things because it's important to know terminology. So if we see it in our own life, we're not misusing the words. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Isabel. Uh, I also wanted to play a couple of clips from Almost Famous Podcast. Here's Becca. Uh, 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 what's her name? Kufrin? <laughs> She's uh, thanking Ben Higgins because he was the one who encouraged her to go on Bachelor in Paradise. I have you to thank for really going on Paradise because you're the only person I called beforehand to chat about to be like should I do this I don't know and you kind of talked me through everything so I have I ever actually thanked you for that I don't know I mean well thank you you have a hand in all of this and when I say all of this I'm pointing to my belly right now oh yeah. Uh, yeah I think you have to name Ben I think you have to name the kid Ben Ben Thomas uh either way uh, there's Becca issuing credit where it's due 
And speaking of babies, we've got the other co-host of the Almost Famous podcast, Ashley, talking to Becca Martinez about her surprise announcement that she's also pregnant. Grayson knew that you were going to have more oh, than yeah. two. We had talked about like, oh, it'll be so fun to like try. I mean, I know that's not always fun, but for I us. I would say like, it's not that much fun. Okay. <laughs> Grayson knew that you were right, going to so have anyway, more oh, than yeah. two. We had there t- it is. So uh, she's saying it's not that much fun, but isn't, isn't trying for a baby the most fun part of having a baby? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, uh, I've, I've spent a, a good portion of my adult life trying not to have a baby. It'll be weird when I, you know, if you switch the, your, your mindset from going, oh no, did I get knocked up to, oh yay, we got knocked up. You know what I mean? All right. And here finally is Ben and Ashley discussing Ashley possibly moving away from Rhode Island. That Ashley and Jared are not happy in Rhode Island. Ashley, please elaborate. I don't necessarily see Rhode Island as being our necessarily uh, forever um, establishment. I want to be where my family is now. I just feel like I have more of a community in Virginia. How would Jared's parents feel? Because they live in Rhode Island. How would they feel about you guys moving? I'm sure they would be disappointed. Yeah, that's the thing that sucks. Like if you if you if you don't live near the rest of your family, especially when you're starting your own family, grandparents aren't near each other. We think about this all the time, living in California, wife from Kentucky, I'm from Rhode Island. It's like, what do you do? You know, you want to be you want to be at least in driving distance from family so they can help you if one kid gets sick or whatever's going on, right? Wouldn't that be nice? And I tell you, you know what's fun to do when you're with your family? Oh boy, am I great at segues? Microdose gummies. That's what's fun to do with your family. And today's Bachelor Rush Hour podcast is sponsored by Microdose Gummies, an incredible entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. You know, uh, they've been a sponsor, a loyal sponsor for weeks now, and it's so funny because you don't you don't think of certain types of people eating gummies. You think I don't know, there's certain but but everybody's doing it. <laughs> Look at me just trying to everybody's doing it. You should too. No, the point is is some people, you know, might have arthritis, some people have a sore knee or they don't sleep well or they want it for the sativa so they can get high while they do some creative writing or fold, I mean have you ever folded laundry with a micro edible I mean it's great but either way we had a friend of the power listener in her 60s I believe 50s or 60s saying that she actually started uh, micro dosing micro gummies due to our sponsorship so I'd love to hear from any stories from anyone out there if you've got any uh, if, you, if you've been uh, doing it with us Microdose is available nationwide and to learn more about micro dosing THC go to microdose.com and use code rush hour to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. Again, microdose.com, code rush hour. And let's get to a wedding conversation. We have Chris Harrison went to Colton Underwood's wedding. Of course, Chris Harrison was pivotal when Colton jumped over the gate at the compound in Portugal. I believe it was in Portugal uh, when he was leaving the experiment, when he broke free of the Truman Show. And then, of course, Chris Harrison was, Chris Harrison was like, he just jumped over the effing fence or whatever he said. And now Chris Harrison was the only bachelor of related person at Colton Underwood's wedding. Here's what he had to say about the nerves about going to the wedding. It was a phenomenal wedding. We were really, really honored to be there just to, to celebrate Colton and, and his love with Jordan, who we had never met. I think one of my favorite parts of the wedding was feeling like we got to see this window into Colton and Jordan's relationship. We'd heard such great things about Jordan, but 
to be able to hear their vows, to see friends and family give toasts about them. We learned a lot more. And that's one thing I love about going to a wedding, especially when like the toasts are really heartfelt and emotional. And, you know, you can't go too inside jokey with a toast because then you lose your crowd. That's a tip. One guy did. We'll explain later. No, we won't rat him out. No, he, no, no. he did his best. Um, but the but when you can share a little bit, it makes the guests feel like, OK, I know them better now. And I walked away from the weekend feeling that way. It was important for me to be there to support Colton. This is something, a journey, I hate to say, from the show. This well, you can hear Chris, actually, his voice is breaking up here as he talks about his journey. And what we're going to hear is that Chris Harrison, very much similar to Colton Underwood, in the sense they've both been ostracized from a community that they received their identity from. The journey that he and I had been on and gotten to know each other and become friends, obviously, when he was The Bachelor. And then... So much has been talked about, made of everything that happened subsequently and his coming out. Now, I'll never forget, you know, him taking me to breakfast and us sitting down, him coming out to me, going through this journey with him, which was not perfect and incredibly painful and difficult for him, difficult for a lot of people. And to watch him grow and own who he was and is, and then to find joy and love and to be embraced by his family and friends. When he asked us to be there, it was important for me to be there and support him and show him that love and that I have been on this full circle journey with him. And it's amazing that he got to this point where he is. It's amazing. He's not in jail. If you ask me now in the video, of course, it's a longer video. If you want to go check that out, we play uh, more clips from Chris Harrison and what he had to say about his experience seeing Colton Underwood. And of course, they're not going to discuss the collateral damage, which of course was unfortunately Cassie Randolph and what she had to deal with. You know, she filed a temporary restraining order because she found a tracking device on her car. That's horrifying. I remember one time where my wife and I thought we had a tracking device on our car because we got an alert from are uh, from our iPhones that said some someone might be following you. It's really scary. It's really creepy. And to think that that could be a domestic situation, especially with somebody who's bigger, more popular, everyone loves him. You can see how frightening that could be. A real wild story in Bachelor Nation. And we're going to sort of side pivot here. Pivot to Susie Evans on the Game of Roses podcast. As you know, Game of Roses, uh, we're a big fan of what they do. One of the greatest independent podcasts that exist in the niche and they're so good at talking about issues and ways to improve the show. Here's Susie mentioning that she thinks fans go a little too far in their criticism of contestants, and if they chilled out a little bit, maybe the contestants would be more willing to be more authentic. That conversation right after a quick word from our sponsors. If you could change anything about The Bachelor Bachelorette, what would what would you do? <laughs> Great question. How do you think it could be a better show? I th these questions are great because I hope Bachelor's actually listening. Everyone wants it to succeed, right? No one's trying to get the show removed. People just want it to be better. I think I would, well, I say this with love for my friends, but I would just fuck them and eliminate like any access they have to mm -hmm. us. I, I think she said buck them. I personally think it would be so interesting it's like, go back to kind of the old school, real world vibes. I never really got into reality. Yeah, docu-style. Yeah, I remember when there was just like, yes. I, I I remember, um, was it Jersey Shore? I have no idea. Like where they would just have cameras in the house and people would just be filming. And maybe this is me being ignorant. Like I'm sure there are producers then too. 
actually, I'm sure I'm just being ignorant, but in my brain, I'm like, that was so less produced and it was like really raw. And certainly there are producers, you have to have producers. And I think producers, they're good at their job. And I think there's certainly a way to utilize them, but I would just be like, be more hands-off because people are crazy. Susie wants it raw and hands-off. Let us be crazy. Yes, exactly. And she has a good point. She said, let us be crazy. It's almost like the contrived drama we're starting to see through. Humans are dramatic enough. They will rise to that occasion if you give them the canvas and the space for that. And uh, I think we do live in a world now where we've seen the sort of um, rose-colored filter of what the Bachelor could be. Let's let's let the let's let let's air it out a little bit. You know what I mean? Let's get a little hands off and let them do what they're going to do. They've signed up for The Bachelor. <laughs> Literally, we don't need anybody to teach us to be crazy. Like we are all a little bit sick in the head. Cool, cool. And, you know, I just say, let it, let people be. I also think the fandom now, I mean, ourselves included, like we understand the format and the game and the, how the producers make the show and all of that so well. What I really want to get now in the show is the experience of somebody in the show. I want it almost to be like a docu-series about what is it like to be on The Bachelor, not the show. Mm. Show me what it's like to be on the show. I think that show is a much more entertaining show for the audience. And I think it's it's at least like new enough. You, you're still doing all the same thing. So in terms of... Yeah, here's what they should have. They should have a behind-the-scenes camera of all the women before they get into the limo for The Bachelor. They should really uh, ramp up that pre-first... You know, like we have this like f- v- visage, right? This uh, fourth wall where we don't get to know the women until they come out of the limo. But show us more of them waiting in, or getting ready, right? That's so popular on TikTok, the get ready with me videos. Literally show them all getting ready and talking and you know, just you know, break it down and make it more interesting. We're only watching it from the perspective of the lead. Logistics, you have to change nothing. You still have a night one and everybody's in the house and you're traveling and you're doing all the same stuff. You're just shooting it slightly differently from the perspective of the people in it instead of from the perspective of the producers who are manipulating the whole thing. Bingo. They're too, they're too caught up on all the shenanigans of what costumes they're going to wear for their limo exit. There's, 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 more, there's more meat on the bones that they're not eating. I, personally, I would love to see yeah. that version of it, you know? I feel like the hands-off thing, like then you actually get to know the people and then you're going to root for their season. I'm like, I feel like we barely saw Charity. I would love to know more about her. What's her job, et cetera. And I'm like, I hope it's going to be a great season. I hope we get to see more of who the people actually are. And I feel like at this point, the friends are working so hard that people are terrified. Like you were talking about Cassidy being like spiraling and... It's just a really tense environment when you're like that out of control of how you're going to be portrayed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's not new that the show will create villains and they'll, they'll, they'll manipulate storylines. And I've been guilty of falling prey to that. I know I was really tough on Anna Redman when she sort of exposed Brittany Galvin for being an escort. I really shouldn't, I, in hindsight, you know, she probably was re was reciting lines the producers told her to say. You know what I mean? She was a pawn in a greater story there, and a, and a lot of these villains are. You know, I I got home from my cruise yesterday, uh, Monday, and um, did a cruise this weekend. I don't know if you know, but my whole personality is cruise. I'm cruise ship Dave, and. 
I wasn't eating much food because I was like kind of feeling, ugh, you know, from from eating all the cruise ship food over the weekend. And then I got to a point where I was like really hungry. And again, this was like 12 hours of not really eating much food. I was hungry and I couldn't control my function, my basic functions. And the dog had an accident. And I was like, I, I, I really had a hard time with bakes, basic executive functions in my brain. So you can imagine how these folks feel who go on the show. I mean, have you ever been really hangry before? Now imagine that for weeks on end. They're not necessarily hangry, but they're hungover. They don't have access to their normal world and they ruminate and all these things. And it and it creates a real toxic situation, which would be great TV to watch, except now the audience is getting so vitriolic that in the wrecking ball always swings past its target. Always it goes too far. And people go, oh, well, cancel culture doesn't really exist. It's a more nuanced topic about this. If if we're going to really judge them for human things, we we have to remember they're in a Petri dish. They're not in necessary normal human environments, so they're not acting like a normal human. I think like my suggestion to producers and to people that watch the show is like, stop trying to mm-hmm. like cancel people. And uh, cancel is probably not the right word, but stop trying to like shit on people for just being people. Like if you want us to sign up and have an authentic organic experience, then don't come into our DMs and tell us horrible stuff because that's why people are scared to be authentic on television. And I, like myself included, I 100% protected myself on the show. And there were absolutely times that I stood up for what I believed was right. And I was like, people are going to be so pissed at me right now for doing this. A lot of it didn't make, make, uh, you know, the final edit or whatever, but I was like, I don't give a shit. Like I, this is wrong. I don't give a shit. I should have that soundbite. Uh, but yeah, she's got a great point in that, you know, we've sort of weaponized the outrage that we have with the show. And like I said before, it doesn't mean there, there aren't necessary consequences. It's just like, all right, let's just let's just watch it. Let's get our popcorn and just remove ourselves from needing to react. People sending messages to contestants, family members. I mean, it's full-blown madness out there. And I'm going to say that. And um, I think people are afraid to do that because the internet is so cruel right now and people are so harsh. And I think probably like to your point, as you were saying earlier, producers, if they took more responsibility in how they portrayed people, and maybe it's not even producers at the producing level, but how things are edited and portrayed in post-production, which is also really important. I think people forget like, you know, producers are on the ground, but there's also people editing and producing behind the scenes and post-production. And I think, I don't know, I think that there's a, a more positive and like healthy way to to be doing reality television um, in a way that can like spark and uh, I don't know, like encourage a more organic experience. Because I personally feel like watching yeah. this last season, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so rinse and repeat. 
And we always love people talking about ways to improve the show. And one of the people talking about ways to improve the show is Demi Burnett, our good friend of the program. She commented on the Bachelor in Paradise Instagram page saying, New role, tea girl. I walk around serving the drinks Wells made while I get the tea on the contestants. Then I spill the tea to other contestants and create mess. I'm not afraid. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Uh, Demi, yeah, she's basically just be like the shot girl. She'll she'll give like uh, Long Island iced tea. Yeah, make her the Long Island iced tea girl. And in other innovative news, it looks like Gossip Girl may be doing a reboot with the original cast. Could you imagine that? Old Chase Crawford was probably pretty happy. I haven't heard too much about him recently. I don't know. Blake Lively's kind of an A-list star. Penn Bagley's doing well with his show, You. But um, we'll have to see if they all decide to get back. Gossip Girl Instagram page posted this just a few hours ago. Welcome back, Upper East Siders. After a long time away, I see it didn't take much time for you to dirty up the clean slates I gave you. I have no idea what that means, if it's a new show or not, but um, I'd watch it. Uh, you know what I mean? I just It would be nice if they were all, uh, you know, maybe instead of being rich people, they all invested their money in crypto, in which now it's not worth anything. So instead of having, you know, make it like a, yeah, make it like Shit's Creek. Gossip Girl meets Shit's Creek. I would watch that. They're like shopping at consignment shops and creating OnlyFans accounts just to make some money. Uh, I would subscribe to Chase Cross. Crawford's only fan. Uh, too much info? Don't think so. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for me. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to be discussing some interesting stuff Sarah Trot said on the Almost Famous podcast. We'll have that tomorrow. She's speaking out against the injustices, and she was a lie to her face by the producers. We'll get to that story. Plus, I'll be on the Up and Adam a YouTube channel tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time talking about Vanderpump Rules. That's right. I will be on their live stream discussing tonight's Vanderpump Rules finale. And I'll also have that recap on the podcast and the YouTube channel over here. So lots to talk about. We're all over the place. I appreciate all of you who have stuck around, left nice reviews. I'm reading them on Apple and Spotify. I appreciate all the support and the love. If you want to share the podcast to screen grab it, let me know where you're watching. Take a photo of your car's dashboard while you're not driving. And um, I'll repost it on my Instagram story. Appreciate all the support. We'll be back tomorrow. I've been Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour.